Okay, good morning. This is my volume number three of uh, All Revved Up here at Christ Church Westerly. And uh, this morning, uh, we're here together, uh, organist and choir master George Kent, and I are here to discuss sort of uh, looking back and looking forward in, this, in many ways. I think uh, there's been a, a lot of uh, reminiscing this week. Um, we lost a dear uh, member of our community, former rector and uh, retired bishop of the Diocese of Central New York, uh, Bishop David Jocelyn, died last week after battling with a debilitating illness that he uh, fought so bravely against for many years. Um, he died peacefully at home, and uh, this coming Saturday, uh, we'll be celebrating his life with a requiem Eucharist at Christ Church, and uh, um, we're going to have time to remember him and celebrate his life. And I was thinking, George, you know, uh, your history here has been so um, prolific. And uh, I, it dawned on me that, that I was actually six years old when you began as organist here at Christ Church. So there must be a whole long list of rectors that you've come to know. Yes, uh, we're, uh, this will be my... 14th rector coming. <laughs> yeah, so I've been through quite a few. Now, when you say been through quite a few, does... <laughs> well, I don't, I don't mean that in the wrong way. But no, I, I know mean, you don't. But, uh, but I've, uh, it's, it's been a long time. Yes, yeah, yes. what a history. Yeah, started with Bill Kite, who became the uh, archdeacon uh, yeah. Yeah, of, the, of the diocese. And then right up till today, so quite a few. Quite a few rectors. And uh, I became the interim rector back in the first part of August, um, shortly after uh, our previous rector, Sunil Chandy, was called to be the canon uh, for communication ministry in the dioceses of uh, East and West Michigan. And uh, uh, Sunil will be coming back uh, this weekend to celebrate David's life with us uh, on Saturday. Um, how long was David rector here? I'm not. I'm not sure of the years. Um, I no. I'm, I. Can't, I haven't kept track of that. Yeah, but, I meant but, to look but, up but the dates, but I, I, I. He might have been here ten years. Ten I'm not. Years. Su I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. And he was. He was sandwiched in between uh, Father Annand. And Bob Anthony, is that right? Uh, yes, I think uh, just after Father Derrigan, I believe. Uh, oh, that's right. I, I yeah. think I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, he uh, he left Christchurch after he served as rector for those many years, and then he became rector in Minnesota. Yes, Edina, I think. Yeah. Is that where it was? I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that's where he was uh, elected to the episcopate to the. Diocese of uh, Central New York. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And after that, he, uh, when he retired from the the as the ordinary uh, in Central New York, he served here in the Diocese of Rhode Island as an assisting bishop when Bishop Wolf was here, and then later I think he served, or maybe before that I can't recall. He served as an assisting bishop in the Diocese of New Jersey. I believe that's correct. Yeah. I, I think I know that, yeah. yeah. And that's right. where he met uh, Sunil. Yes, 
That, that's that's correct. Yeah. 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 Well, he when he retired uh, after all those years of being a, uh, an assisting bishop, he retired back here to Westerly. Uh, he lost his first wife, and uh, he and Missy have been together for, for many years now. And uh, I have to say that uh, throughout David's illness while I've been here, she has just been a, a, a guardian angel for his care. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's been a very, very good thing. Yeah. Very yeah. good thing. Yeah. Well, David, David has been, has become, had, did become with me a very close friend. And, uh, you know, the first Sunday I was here, um, I think it was uh, the first Sunday in August, about seven o'clock that night, I got a phone call and it was Bishop Jocelyn. And uh, I was flabbergasted. I had already had lunch with him, or I think I met with him or something before I actually started. But uh, he called me up, and I have to tell you, that night and every other conversation after that, he was just very supportive and affirming, and he, I never ever felt like he was butting in. You know, he, right. he used to start his conversation with, well, I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds. And I finally I said to him, David, stop it. I, re I appreciate you calling me. You know, uh, no, I, I got a in the past few years. I also got a lot of phone calls, and he was very supportive of what we were doing yeah. uh, with the music. Um, and um, he was he was a great person to work for. Yeah. Really was. Yeah. 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 I know. Talked to several of the the uh, associate clergy that were here that worked with David, and uh, they all have fond memories of his time here. Uh, some of them will be back for the service on Friday and Saturday. Yes. I think we're going to break the record this Saturday for the number of bishops we're going to have in church. <laughs> <laughs> David was very uh, fastidious about planning his own funeral. Yes, yes, yeah. I have a file that thick. <laughs> uh, and he was, uh, had really some very, well, he, he was very interested in involving as many of his uh, co co priests as possible. Yeah, and uh, and he and he had some very good ideas about what music. All the music on Saturday will be that his choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah very, very thoughtful. And uh, as things change, uh, the the list sometimes evolved a little bit. But basically, it was. Uh, um, the way he wanted it, you know, and yeah. who we wanted to serve. Um, uh, they're, they're, the Bishop of Rhode Island, uh, Bishop Nicely, will be the principal celebrant and a former uh, assistant to David, uh, Lawrence Provenzano, who is now Bishop Provenzano, yes. will be the preacher at David's funeral. <coughs> and uh, Bishop Geraldine Wolfe, who David assisted as assisting bishop, and who is the former bishop of Rhode Island, will be the gospeler. And then uh, <clears throat> Bishop uh, Gladstone Adams, uh, Skip Adams, uh -huh. will be here. He's gonna lead our prayers of the people. And the new bishop of central New York, um, Dee Dee, I can't remember her last name, Duncan, She's the present bishop. She'll be here. Uh -huh. So uh, we will have our share of mitres. 
Will there be any room for the congregation? I know, I know, I tell you. <laughs> I, I, when Bishop Adams called me last Friday to say he was coming, and I said, I, I was told that you were by uh, Sunil. See, he and Sunil are working together in Michigan now. Oh, right, okay. And uh, uh, he called, Bishop Adams called me on Friday, and I said, I laughed, and I said, I'm running out of things for people to do. <laughs> and I said, I think, I, I was almost going to say to him, I can give you a job doing the prayers of the people, but I think you're going to have to sit on my lap <laughs> in the sanctuary. But he, he was good humored about it. Uh, and then we're going to have reception in the parish hall afterwards. Well, that'll, be a, that'll be a nice time to everybody to gather around. Um, what were some of the things that happened while David was rector here, do you call? I no, I can't think of anything special. Um, um, was David the one that took the cushions out of the pews? Well, I could tell you that actually that you're bringing that back. Um, we we do suffer from a not a good acoustic in yeah. this in this building, and uh, um, there was a, an effort to replace the rug. Uh, in the main aisle, and uh, I, I told people, you know, that's, that's, that's a real mistake. We need every inch of reflection that we right. can get. And uh, then there was an effort to uh, redo the pew cushions. And uh, then the uh, senior warden, Jack Tobin, uh, was... Uh, was with us and, and uh, he said, well, I can't make any difference. I said, you know, he said, there are people in those cushions. I said, yes, but when they're singing, they're standing up. That's right. And that's a different issue. Uh, the three of us removed all the cushions wow. one night and I played the organ for them to listen to it and then we put them back. It was a long evening, and I okay. played again. Really? And they both realized that, you yes, the, the pew, yeah, the pre, and so the pew cushions finally disappeared. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> people sort of complained, you know, sitting on hard oak. I said, well, try it every Sunday. <laughs> you know, I've been doing, right. it, been doing it for years. That's right. <laughs> when but I, anyway. Uh, I'm sure that that's a... Uh, makes a difference acoustically. Oh yeah, it does. And uh, Charles Fisk uh, was alive still at that point, who uh -huh. was the builder of the organ. Right. And, he, and he, he said, if uh, you will get rid of the pew cushions, I'll come back and redo the reed division of the organ for free, uh -huh. uh, which he did. Yeah. Um, so. Where was he from, uh, George? Uh, Rockport, Mass, just north of Gloucester, yeah. Now, did he build the organ and uh, my former parish at St. John's, they have... Yes, a, I think, uh, well, I don't think... It's a tracker, I know that. Yeah, that's correct, and it's a fisk, and I don't know whether Charles was still alive at that point. I think he was. The acoustics in that building are almost overbearing. Uh, I shouldn't say that because John Anthony wouldn't be happy for me to say that, but <laughs> John was an excellent organist. Oh, yes. But... Uh, it's a, a modern building with absolutely no carpeting and uh, no cushions. 
Uh, it's got steel, exposed steel beams and a wooden ceiling. Um, yeah, good. It's, it, acoustically, I suppose it's a, an organist's dream, you know, but it's a beautiful instrument, as is the one here is just magnificent. Well, acoustics are 50% of music. 50% of music is where you are, uh -huh. and the other 50% is you and the music. Well, yeah. That's just a fact, so yeah. it's very important, yeah. And, you know, the bulk of Anglican music uh, was written for buildings with a good reverberation, yeah, you yeah. know, as in England, most of them. Uh, I can't think of a bad building in England, actually. Right, <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the change in, in music, in liturgical music over the years, uh, there's still nothing comparable to organ music. You know, when the, I was raised as a Roman Catholic and in the 60s they came in with this, all this guitar music and this sing-songy hymns. Yeah, no, it, it all changed. Just, well, Vatican II did, oh. did a job on it, really. Uh, and unfortunately we followed suit to a, to a slight degree and yeah. that, that did not help. So. There's nothing like Gregorian chant. <laughs> no, no, no. And, uh, you know, I mean, originally the, the, the music, when you think about it and you think about the cathedrals that are hundreds of years old in parish churches, etc., the same way, the building was meant to be special, not just in size and all of that, but, but in sound. I see. It was not your living room. Right. Acoustic, it right. was special, and when you enter a church with a large reverberation, you really take it, you don't go clattering down them because, you know, it, it just uh, yeah. reverberates so special. And, uh, you know, when the, it came along to singing, that was, again, part of it. Uh, not the spoken word, but, but something you don't do every day. And, yeah. and the way that happened was that the... Uh, monks in the monasteries started all of this uh, and the the head monk would would chant in the morning to the priests coming into breakfast you know good morning you know and they would reply back good morning you know and that would go on for days and that's the way they learned to chant and one day the head monk came in and said, good morning. And they responded and he had a strange look on his face. And they said, what's the matter? He said, someone chanted evening. <laughs> <laughs> you crept up on that one. I, didn't get to... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you know, think, speaking of acoustics, not only is it critical for music, but before, before public address systems, it was critical for preaching. Yes. And you notice, uh, uh, some people may not notice it, but in a lot of the older churches, there's a, a sounding board right above the pulpit. That's right, yeah, to focus. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, that wasn't there for show. It was there to project the, the voice of the preacher. Um, I can't imagine not, uh, not using a microphone now, but uh, that wasn't too no, long no, ago. No, no, yeah. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, <clears throat> the, uh, one of the things that we, we've started, uh, Connie Annand, who was uh, 
Father Annan's widow, uh, Dean Annan's widow, uh, has uh, established a, uh, a fund, a forward-looking fund, uh, like a long-range fund. Uh, called, I guess she's called it the George Kent um, Endowment Fund. Well, she called it the Memorial Fund at first, and I thought, <laughs> my God, he's not dead. <laughs> well. But I think the purpose of the fund, obviously, is to be, be prepared in the long term uh, for the, the successor, someone who's going to come along after your major tenure here. You've, you've been here probably a record number of years. Yes, quite a bit, since 1956. That's amazing. So. That's amazing. Yeah. And 14 rectors. So far, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're working on 15 right now. Right. Uh, some of you may know that Christ Church is in the transition period where uh, after Sunil uh, resigned to take a position in, in Michigan, uh, the, uh, the vestry called me to be interim rector. And that period of time encompasses a, a period where the uh, vestry and the search committee uh, do a uh, introspective uh, search of uh, study of the parish life, where they've been, where they want to be, and where they're going. And uh, uh, the search committee uh, will begin meetings uh, in about two months, I guess. They're going to do a, another focus group with Ken and Dana from the diocese. And uh, Dr. Natalie Pukas has worked hard leading these focus groups with the parish. Yes, she's, she's done an outstanding job. Yeah. Really... It's a hard work. No, it is, and she's quite thorough. Yeah. Well, Natalie's equipped to do that. She was a superintendent of schools for, for many years. And, yes. Uh, she's, she, she holds everybody's feet to the fire in a good way. Yes. No, and uh, no. I think it's, it's really important that, um, it, particularly in today's uh, day and age where uh, there isn't a, 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 an overabundance of clergy available to be considered. Uh, I remember back in the uh, early 90s, before I was even, before I had even gone to seminary, I was search chairman in St. Mark's Mystic. And oh, yeah. We got, we had, we had a list of 65 candidates. Oh, wow. And those, those days are over. Yeah, oh, yes, quite. Yeah. You know, and I think that. Uh, you know, here at Christ Church, uh, uh, the, the important thing is for them to do a good self-study and then to uh, uh, eventually go out there and put the word out that they're interested in interviewing people and doing, uh, researching their background and references and um, uh, hopefully they, they'll, they'll take their time and do a, 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 a judicious job of it, you know. I'm enjoying myself. You know, I was here as a seminarian about 27 years ago, and how ironic it is that I'm now in my retirement back here as, as interim rector, and I'm, I couldn't be happier, but uh, the people have been very welcoming. But I think the, the, the important thing is for the lay leadership, uh, the committees, and the people who go to these focus groups to really express what their, what their, their desire is and and then it's going to be up to the search committee. And uh, that's hard work. Yes, it is. And, and you're absolutely right. It's much more difficult in these days. 
you know, in the, in the diocese of Connecticut, where I'm canonically resident, there are um, about 152 parishes, I think. Uh, they used to be 163, but some have merged and closed. Uh, but out of that 152, uh, when I was rector of St. John's Niantic as full-time rector, I was one of only 47 full-time rectors of the diocese. Mm. And that number is going down as we speak. Um, and I think that uh, the dilemma is, of course, that it's a, a, an expensive proposition to compensate a full-time clergy. Um, and, and that never has been an issue because we had the people here. I think with the pandemic, you know, uh, every parish took a hit in, in many ways. Yes. No, we're still we're still reeling from the, that that situation. Yeah, yeah. I don't think church will ever be the same. In, in, in some ways, I think the fact that we're doing this uh, on the internet. Uh, and, and live feeding our services three times a week, uh, something that was unheard of before the pandemic. <clears throat> and I think that um, it's a different culture today, you know, uh, with, with all the activities that families can uh, avail themselves of uh, during the weekend, we have more and more people who are two family jobs, both husband and wife work, and they get one day off, and if it ends up being on Sunday, uh, now they have a choice to make. Yeah. Uh, their children are, are attracted to all sorts of sports programs and yes, activities yes. from birthdays to tutors to piano lessons to football. To, to soccer. soccer. Yeah, yeah. You know, the list is, uh, <laughs> is endless. And um, it really uh, is up to each one of us, I guess, to make a decision about how important it is for us to uh, to know who Jesus Christ is and to be engaged in a faith community, to make a, make a conscious decision to want to be there. It isn't like some churches where you're, you're obligated to go, you go and you get your ticket punched and then you fly out of there as soon as communion is over with. Uh, uh, one of the things I find enjoyable here is when we have visitors and uh, they're nominally Roman Catholic, but they're kind of looking around. And when they know that we have coffee hour after the Eucharist, they can't believe it. Uh, what do you mean? People don't just leave? <laughs> you ever find that interesting? Yeah. I mean, the whole cultural thing about being a community uh, is, I think, a very uh, uh, unique aspect of being an Episcopalian. Yeah. Yeah, you need to. It needs to be involved. There's yeah. no question. And and the more involvement, the more caring. Right. And that's what makes it go. I I like to, I like to use the term, having skin in the game. You know, <laughs> and I think that that's that's what we Anglicans are invited to, to do, is to have skin in the game. You know, uh, we're we're. Uh, actively involved with assist, lay people assisting in our worship life, in our outreach life, and in our parish life, and even in the selection of the new priest. It isn't like it comes down from on high 
a fiat from somebody with a miter on and says, right. here's your new priest. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of uh, um, democracy, if you will, that gets involved in uh, selecting leadership, even, even in our selection of bishops. You know, uh, the bishops are elected by the, by the people. So I think when, uh, when David got elected bishop, um, I'm sure that, I, I think there are people in the, in the church like David who have the, have the right charism to be uh, bishops. Uh, and I think that it's a, it's a special ministry. Yeah. Uh, it's all in leadership and the ability to lead. And that, that's a complicated issue, but, but when it's correct, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it makes it work. Yeah. Somebody asked me several years ago at St. Albans if I ever wanted to be a bishop. And I said, I would rather have a root canal <laughs> be a bishop, you know, that's not my charism. I said, the only time I wear purple is on the golf course. <laughs> but, you know, getting back to David, I, I really think that, uh, you know, I said to somebody the other day, David Jocelyn is really uh, part of the DNA of this place. You know, when I think of people that I've, I've known, I, I go back as far as Jim Annand, uh, not as a parishioner, but uh, uh, I think that his ministry here, and then each ministry builds on the next one. Uh, the next one builds on the yeah. pre previous yeah. one, you know. And uh, Jim was a, a, I know he was a, an excellent preacher uh, who later went on to become uh, dean of the Berkeley Divinity School. Um, and then David came along, uh, and then Bob Anthony. Uh, they all had their own different skills and gifts. That's correct. Yep. Yep. You know, when you when you when you line them up on a wall, you look at the pictures, and you think uh, how different they are, and how well they all sort of fit into a niche in the same community, with their own different gifts. Right. Yeah. No. It's, uh... Oh, we've been very fortunate over the years. We've had some wonderful, wonderful clergy. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that uh, the service on Saturday will be a joyful time for us all. I give thanks for all the wonderful things that David did during his ministry and the presence that he was and the, the influence that he had on so many people. He was such a caring guy, you know. Even up until the last two or three weeks, he was still wondering about how so-and-so was. And, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, you know, no, really I'm, amazing. I'm aware of all of that. You yeah, know, he, he's very special. Right. Um, he called me up <coughs> one day. Of course, I had him on my phone, mm -hmm. and it said David Johnson. So I, I would just say, "Good morning, Your Grace." <laughs> <laughs> he was in this one call. He said he didn't even say hello. He just said, "You're not going to like what I have to tell you." And I said, "Uh oh, what have I done now?" Yeah. He goes, "I'm learning that you're a workaholic, and you need to take better care of yourself." 
And I said, oh, I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> but that's who he was, you know? Yeah. Worried about me spending too much time with him. But, you know, he was just... Uh, I really got close to him these last three months. Uh, and I know that so many people have such great affection for him. Um, I, 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 you know, I say this all the time. I really mean it, that... There's, I believe, there's never been a more important time for the church to be the church. In a divided and angry society that we live in, where people have pulled back from engaging in community activities, where they're isolated from everyone else. Neighbors don't even know next door neighbors sometimes. Young parents spend half their life in a car going from one sport event to the next, you know, and, and where, do they, where do they find those relationships in that community? And I think the church has a, a wonderful opportunity to, to be that place. This place is. Yes, no, I, uh, I, I think Christ Church does, it is a terribly important force in the immediate area, right. there's no question about it, yeah. George Herbert was a, Anglican priest. Yes. He, you know what I'm talking about. I do. You know, and his, his philosophy was, if he were here, he wouldn't say, I'm the rector of Christ Church. His parish was Westerly. Yeah. That's, that was the way he looked at his, his ministry. And I think Christ Church has been uh, an advocate in that kind of philosophy where uh, the presence in the community uh, is really uh, as important as being a worship community uh, on Sunday, you know. How has the choir changed over these years? Oh, well, uh, it's changed quite a bit, actually. Um, and part of it is exactly what we've been talking about, or you've been talking about, uh, because, um, for example, I used to have a great deal of a number of young people involved. Mm -hmm. uh, but that means two rehearsals a week minimum plus Sunday or three times at the church. And kids these days are unwilling to commit to that. And you speak of soccer and football on Sunday mornings, but that's been one of the big problems yeah. that uh, has, uh, has taken away from their involvement. And, uh, and it goes back now two and three generations. Um, so it's, it's very difficult uh, to get young people to commit. Yeah. Uh, and we're a choir of <laughs> former young people, actually. Most of the members grew, grew, up. grew up here. Yeah. You know. so, yeah. so there has been a lot of change. You've had a few new members of the, joined the choir recently. Yes, yeah, and a few more coming, so that's good. Good. Um, good. Well, the choir has been uh, known uh, for many years to be, uh, to have uh, excellent, excellent uh, quality. 
And you, I mean, you toured Europe with this choir, these choirs. Well, with the chorus, actually, yeah. With the chorus, yeah. Yeah. Which were many of them were choir members. Oh, yes, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, most of them were. And, uh, um, and I was very fortunate at one point to be able to observe what was going on at King's College in Cambridge, England with yeah. David Wilcox. And he was very kind to me over the years. In fact, came here and did an even song with us. I remember us. that. Yeah. yeah. So we've we've had a fairly good tradition. Who was the organist at St. Thomas? Jerry. Uh, Jerry. Uh, uh, oh my goodness! I'm trying to think of his last name. <laughs> he played here also. Yeah. 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 And uh, I. Oh my goodness, that's awful. Isn't that record. awful? I can't think of his yeah, name either. Yeah. Well, we have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Well, Bobby Anthony had quite a voice, didn't he? He was a singer. He was a tenor. Yeah. 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 Yep. He sang at Amherst, I think, when he was in. I believe that's correct. Yeah. 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 And his wife, as a matter of fact, is going to sing the service on Saturday. Marianne is. Yeah, oh, she's coming. Yep, yep. I saw her at homecoming and mm -hmm. you know, the choir reunion, and gosh, she looks wonderful. She looks yeah. like she did 25 years ago. <laughs> and yeah. Well, we're, we're going to have incense on Saturday uh, and at David's approval. and. Uh, I remember when I was a seminarian here, uh, you, know, you talk about when you have incense, people always complain or they cough or the people who resist, people who just don't like incense. But a lot of people do like it. And so I was here as a seminarian and Bobby Anthony said to me, why don't you become, come next week on Palm Sunday and be the thoroughfare and borrow a red Dalmatic from seminary and come next week. So I showed up with my red Dalmatic, I had my album on, my red Dalmatic, and I got here before Bob came across the street when the rector was, rectory was there. And I found the, the thurible, the pot that the incense yeah. burns in, mm -hmm. but I couldn't find the briquettes or the, or the incense. So Bob came over eventually and I told him I couldn't find it. Oh God, I forgot to order that. <laughs> I said, well, I'm all dressed up and no place to go. Yeah. He goes, well, just swing the empty pot. It's, yeah. it's symbolic anyway. Yeah. Well, George, I did not get to the third pew with an empty pot before people started to cough. And, and I, it was a good experiment of, you know, proof of Pavlov's dog. Right, you know? yep, yep. Uh, not a, it wasn't a speck of anything coming out of that. It, no. If you <coughs> so. Well, it was this old, way back tradition of high and low church. Yeah. And incense was associated with high church and Christ church in those days was middle of the road, more or less, you know. And it, and it still is as far yeah. as that goes. But uh, but there were people, I mean, I, I know who these people were, who were just, incense was just, uh, you know, I often wondered if you put pot in there, what, <laughs> what they would think. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd have to have more food and hospitality. Yeah, right. <laughs> for the munchies. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what, 
an idea. You know, one time when I was at St. John's, there were people in the choir hated incense because it made them cough. They said. Yeah. So one service, I put hot, uh, dry ice in the thurible with hot water. Oh yeah. And it, and yeah. it looked like it looked like incense. Right. Well, it wasn't, and, and yeah. people still coughed. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Well, David, David went over this uh, service uh, with a fine-tooth comb, and uh, uh, I was talking to Bishop Provenzano, and he, was, he said, you know, I've been working on this sermon for two years. Oh, boy. And he said, you know, boy, the more I read it, the more I think, I think David wrote half of this himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be a great day. Yeah, that's right. It'll be a great celebration. Um, I think that uh, um, I'm getting used to these um, all revved up broadcasts. And thank you for um, coming and sitting with me, listening and talking. And uh, I, I interviewed uh, Father Coutier the last time I did this, who's the most, you know, communication savvy priest in the church. He's got his own job yeah. on uh, uh, TV down in Florida, but uh, I, I think that it's uh, it's got possibilities. You know, we got some a good list. Another in addition to you, uh, other potential uh, guests uh, guests that are going to come on. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. Uh, well, it was my pleasure to do well, thank to you, be helpful. And I, and I enjoy, I love working with you. Well, thank and, you, you too. You know, I really do. Um, I remember when I first came here, and I had to, uh, Bobby Anthony let me preach when I was a seminarian. And of course, you know, I was as nervous as a, you know, a bridegroom the night before the wedding. And I get out there, and who's in the congregation? Jim Annand, Dane Annand, Bishop uh, uh, Appleyard, Oh, yeah. And yeah. David uh, Cannon. Right. David uh, Crockett. Yeah. The three of them were in the congregation. And I thought, well, if this doesn't get any tougher than this, you know. But uh, no, it's been a, it's been a, a, a wonderful place and it's going to continue to be. Uh, and I'm going to have fun doing this, I think. that. Uh, well, thank you very much for tuning in to All Revved Up. And uh, we look forward to uh, interviewing our next interview, interesting guest. In a, in a week or two. Take care. Thanks for watching. Did you know that you can join Christ Church from anywhere in the world? If you're feeling connected to what we're doing, email us today at communicate at org.